welcome to aphorisms episode two um thank you so much for returning if you came back after episode one and if you enjoyed we hope you did um we had a lot of fun catching up on well being hacks at astrology and um all the pop culture gossip of the last week this week unfortunately maddie's moving house and they don't have any internet which is just such a terrifying thought our, our internet was down for two hours yesterday and that was bad enough for me um but not to worry one of my very 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 nearest and dearest best friends hannah will be joining me instead <clears throat> hannah and i have been friends for about 14 years and she's hands down the smartest most funny intelligent person i've ever met um i'm constantly in awe by her and i don't understand why she's friends with me but i tricked her into friendship a long time ago and now she's stuck um and i get to do something that i've wanted to do for a really long time and that is delve deep into her birth chart plus we have three seasons of real housewives um to catch up on from beverly hills new york and potomac um and hannah has some pretty interesting conspiracy theories so like if that's your thing i would definitely hang around Hey Hannah, how are you? I'm good, Av. How are you? <laughs> I'm really good. Welcome to Afroisms. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm just so honoured, um, <laughs> and I'll make sure to talk slowly because I know when we get together, we can get a bit high speed. So yeah, we got to pace ourselves. Everyone listening, I'll try and keep it chill, even when we talk about Teddy. Oh, when we talk about Teddy, we got some shit to cover. Um, we got to celebrate, but we got some shit to cover. I just want to say, first of all, that I've known you since I was 18, from the first day of uni. Um, so if, if we do get a bit ahead of ourselves and we're not very chill, it's fine. We're allowed. Okay. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you for having me. My ab- apologies ahead of time. <laughs> I'm honoured that you're here. I think you're the smartest, most um, talented person I know, and I can't believe you're on my podcast. Oh, well, you're the most well-read. I've always said you're the most well-read person I know. Um, That's a lie, but so I'll I take appreciate it. that. Thank you. Um, I also feel like I know you a lot more because, unbelievably, even though I have known you um, since I was 18, I've never done your birth chart. And <laughs> now I've done your fucking birth chart, bitch. And honestly, it just surprises me that you're a Sagittarius at all. But the rest of your chart, I was like, this makes sense. I understand. <laughs> I knew you were Sagittarius, but I just don't get fully, like, Sag vibes from you, you know? So, I did I did your chart. Thank you for sending your information. And what I've found is that your sun sign, or your star sign, of course, is a Sagittarius, December 13th, the day of self-titled. That's, I mean... Exactly. This is... Not only is this my birthday, <laughs> it's the birthday of self-titled, and it's Dorinda's birthday. And it's... I didn't know it was Dorinda's. That makes sense. See, Dorinda is a Sag makes sense to me. That I understand, because I just think Sages are a little bit mental, um, but you're not. Um, uh, yeah, girl, I am. <laughs> I just hide it better. <laughs> you hide it much better. Um, so what that means, basically, your star sign as a Sagittarius, is that you're restless, cheerful, and friendly. Um, people who have their sign in Sagittarius are generally quite on the go, and they have a love of freedom and a disdain for routine. Would you say that's you? Oh my god like i can as a sagittarius and a black woman i think i consider routine oppression 
Yeah. Especially like because my partner who is white and a man. <laughs> yeah. Loves routine. Oh. And I'm just like, you're trying to oppress me with your <laughs> routines that aren't even routines. They're just like he likes to do certain activities. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's oppression. Don't, don't force me into anything. It's like, do you want to go for a walk? Oppression. <laughs> but um, so I don't like routines. I'm definitely very restless. Like I feel so trapped right now because of um COVID. Yeah, fair. Um, that I just I literally want to go somewhere for six months and not talk to anyone yeah um so yeah definitely restless and i hate routine yeah that makes sense it says they're ne- the literally the next point is the need for escape is generally very strong um so they can come across as irresponsible but as you said i think it's just like less irresponsibility and more like a disdain for routine as we've already discussed plus you're a writer so you're quite creative and you probably don't want to be like tethered to oppressive timelines and schedules no so i don't have a job i think there's probably like right now i consider there's like one company in the world that i could work for okay and (laughs) if i can't get a job there well then i'm just gonna work for myself yeah Um, the nine to five thing scares me Mm -hmm. but i also am like i relate to that on the go thing i'm super workaholic yeah um to the point of like unhealthy stuff and I love to work outside of routines. So. Yeah. And you work more than literally anyone I know. Sometimes I will not hear from you for like weeks at a time and then you'll be like, oh yeah, I wrote a, a show. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> I went to my yeah. job today. <laughs> yeah, it's very much like that. I just won't answer a text for like three weeks. Yeah. And then I'll just be like, oh guys, I'm sorry, but thank you for texting me. Yeah. Um, I'm very much like that. You're very that. It also says their idealistic nature is hard to miss. They're curious people who love to learn. Agree, agree, agree. Also, generally speaking, because Sag is a fire sign, spoiler alert, so is your ascendant, which is, that's a lot of fire signs in your three main signs. Um, So this gives them usually a very generally quick temper, but they're also really quick to forget what got them angry in the first place. So you were like a not a grudge holder. Yes. Yeah. Like, that is me to a T. I have, like, and this is funny because not only am I a full-on Sagittarius, (laughs) but my mother's a Sagittarius, (gasps) and my grandfather, her father, is a Sagittarius, (laughs) and the quick temper we all have. Yeah. Um, And I've worked on that a lot, again, because I'm with a person that doesn't respond to to yelling (laughs) in anger. Like, they just shut down, so you actually have to... I've tempered my temper a little bit. Yep. But I do notice, like, I'll get angry and say something and he'll be upset about it for, like, 12 hours. <laughs> and I'm like, what did I even say to you? <laughs> like, can you just not even remember the things I say? Like, <laughs> we move past that collectively. Yeah, come on. Come on. Yeah, that's very you. And I don't believe that – I also don't believe that um, – like weirdly and this I guess relates to housewives in a way like fighting in a relationship or not fighting but disagreements yeah they're natural yeah because everyone around you is exactly the same or like in perfect symbiosis with you like disagreements are natural so I don't think that they should um result in the end of a a relationship or friendship or working relationship but I do believe that you kind of have to 
be allowed to just be all out. And, right. and just, it's unfortunate, but my all out sounds t- intense when it comes out. Yeah. But a lot of people I work with and working in a creative writing space where you're kind of working out and working through a lot of decisions, it should always be like, everything's up for grabs, everything's up for discussion, we can go there. But when we leave the room, like, we're friends. Yeah. See, I'm terrified of confrontation and will avoid it at all costs. And if I do kick off with anyone, it's just with, like, my mum or something where I know it's, like, a safe space and then it'll be okay. Um, but, yeah, I don't really... I think most people do that. Yeah. I'm scared. I'm a scaredy cat. Um, but moving on to your moon sign. So this is, like, the more, like, innate subconscious part of who you are, like, and the person you are when you're, like, at your most, like, safe, free self. So if you're at home, if you're with people that you trust, like, that kind of very natural response kind of thing um is aquarius which is interesting to me that's um, interesting yeah which i love water yeah um what does that mean though (laughs) what that means is aquarians are very extremely observant they analyze human nature and why people do what they do and i can't think of a better way to describe how we watch housewives together like, and that is me. I'm yeah. very much like that. 100%. I might not remember what I say, <laughs> but I remember what everyone else says. Exactly. Um, and I, I can take a look, I can take a breath and be like, what is going on there? And that's what I love about screenwriting because that's what it is. Fully. Super observant about how humans move and react and interact and because everyone on screen has to be like flawed in some way you're kind of looking for the worst in people sometimes but yeah now i clock people a lot and in order to write a character or people you need to know how that person or how people like how someone in that situation would react or respond or why they would do what they would do like there's a word for that right like you know characterization um characterization or as lisa rinna might say truth seeker (laughs) You stupid bitch. <laughs> Look, we just keep it open and honest. This is an honest and open honest. conversation. Oh, God. I, I swear fucking, to God. I fucking hate but, Yeah, no, I do like to clock. I like to look at someone and, unfortunately, sometimes create a story. Yeah. And so I can be wrong about people. Like, I'm actually often wrong about people. Um, But then always like it's funny people that i judge immediately i'm like nah that person mm-hmm. and then they prove me wrong i'm like okay cool this person yeah let's yeah roll together and then they do something i'm like oh, that's the person i met on the first day yeah you're very <laughs> though very open to having your mind changed whereas i'm the kind of person that will look at someone and be like i just have a feeling i just have a vibe and that's i mean it's usually right but also i'm like nah it takes a lot for me to come back from that. Yeah. Um, I'd like to say I'm observant, but not judgmental as well. I would say I that about you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it also says this sign has strong egos, powerful desire or defense mechanism, and they do their best to be unique. They're also progressive and they consider themselves above like base emotions, like jealousy or like, do you know what I mean? We'll observe the pettiness, but don't think that they are petty. Yes, yeah. I agree. <laughs> I have, like, a couple people in my life that um, 
seem to bring out a pettiness in me sometimes. <laughs> and I always get into trouble every time. There's one person that every time we're like a little bit just petty, kicky, always in, I get in trouble from it. Um, but yeah, with the ego stuff, I think that's one of the things that holds me back the most. And this year with the dumpster fire of 2020, I really consider, or over the last three years, I've really been like whacking away at that ego, like just good. killing it because it's so pointless. Yeah. Um, and I think it is a def- it's a, to me it's a defense mecha- mechanism because I think as a black woman you just you got to stand up for yourself mm-hmm. and defend yourself and I think sometimes for me it can veer over into ego. Um, but yeah. Interesting. That's some deep stuff. Oh yeah, I'm not done. I know, thanks. I think it's good because you know me, so you're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was reading, so the next part as well, like your ascendant, I was like, oof. Um, but this part as well, that says like Aquarian moon signs are very willful, especially in childhood. They have a desire for independence and they, this is hard to explain, it's like that perception is placed upon them like they're the very independent child kind of thing um so that's kind of the label that's put on them and also it says if they come from an ultra conservative family they're ultra rebellious against it like that's their point of pride i yeah that's your mom that's my mom so i'm just an extension of that so yeah fully um that's definitely my mom and she now lives with my grandmother and it's, I think she feels that same, like, oppression she felt as a young woman that she totally tried to not Oof. put into me. And I'm an only child. So, yeah. Yeah. There is an independence to me for sure. Definitely. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's my mum. She's, like, the rebellious one. Yeah. She's a – I love her. I'm obsessed with her. Um <laughs> yeah, <me too. laughs> She's so good. Um, also, um, it says that this – aspect has superhuman aspirations and a humanitarian nature i think that's fully you you're going like well i have superhuman aspirations for you but i think you do as well um which will play into the next part they'll also um tolerate and enjoy all kinds of idiosyncrasies in the people around them that they're close to and i think that's very true (laughs) yeah yep yeah that is true um that is true yeah. I was like recently we were doing spring cleaning um in my office or our office at the house and my partner has this thing where he'll just like instead of throwing something out he'll just put it behind something else or in a corner <laughs> or stuff it into a drawer. We've done this whole he'd been really good this day and we'd done this whole amazing spring cleaning and the energy felt great in the room. And then he was just doing one last thing and he just started to stuff a whole bunch of stuff in a tiny drawer where nothing fit. <laughs> and I just watched him and I thought, I could get mad about this, but I could also just walk into the other room and talk to him about it in six months when we spring clean again. Yeah. That's Fair. what I did. Good for you. And that saved you a headache that day. Um, <laughs> and it made me laugh. That- I was just watching him do it. I'm like, ugh. You have a lot of stories about him that make me laugh. Um, <laughs> I will flag. It also says um, potential issues for this sign is 
They're eccentric with sharp mood swings. Fine, check. We've established that. But also complex love life. I think that's less true for you now, but you've had some interesting complex, like, love matches. Mm, no, that simplified itself a lot. Yeah. Um, when Shorty came around. But, yeah, sure, everyone's got a past. Yeah, it was in- entertaining to me. I think we bonded. And actually, before I, I met Shorty, I had a- and I still don't really like monogamy is weird and yeah. um, heteronormative or he- um, just like he- hetero behavior <laughs> is weird to me too. <laughs> so um, I definitely consider myself unconventional, but I found myself in a conventional relationship. And that's what's so entertaining to me as well. Like of all people for you to end up with. I, was, I mean, he's in a band, which is cool, but everything else is just so like, Hannah, you're with a straight white cis guy. <laughs> yeah, he has a job. Um, he gets raises when he asks for them. Um, he has a car. Um, or two cars. Like, he has a company car. Oh, God. And I drive his other car. Like, yeah. He's a grown-up. It's weird. Yeah, and I have, like, I think I have, like, 50 bucks in my bank account right now. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm online on Thursday talking about horoscopes and housewives. We're so different. Yeah, but, you know, balance. Um, That's so funny. And then so the next part is your ascendant, your rising sign is in Aries. And in the position of, like, your Aries is also in Mars as well. Mars is, like, your, like, it says, like, the impulsive position of Mars. So, like, your first instinct is always to take action, quick floods of anger, not given to grudges, blah, 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 blah. So that kind of plays into what we were saying before. You just have, like, a lot of fiery placements. <laughs> so, yep, so for your... I've got a lot of fire. Yeah, you do. And I'm actually not sure why. I wasn't surprised. It was more like, oh, yeah, that checks out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is, like, your rising, your um, ascendant, which is more how people perceive you as. Um it says planning ahead no direct and quick yes we're sensing a theme here all of your aspects play into each other very much um but it says there's no malice in their intent they're not ever aggressive it's more just like forthright exactly yeah exactly it's exactly what it is and i'm totally like people take it the wrong way a lot yeah but i feel like eventually i'll be like paid enough to talk to people like that i don't know i just tell people not to take it personally i think it's the get something done yeah i think it's the most refreshing part i I, I think i have a few friends like you because i think i'm not i'm getting better at it in my old age and wisdom and learning how to communicate better but i think it's so refreshing in a person like to have that um i think you probably have it in some i think everyone has some people have it in some aspects of their lives and not others yeah so some people are like direct at work but not direct in That's their true. personal relationships or friendships yeah i think i'm more direct um, at work because i'm confident in that like i know what i'm talking about yeah see i'm just direct everywhere now especially yeah like i said i have 50 bucks in my bank account what do i have to lose fucking go for it <laughs> Um, the next two points are my favorite about this. So it says they're competitive, but the pressure they put is on themselves. Like you're competing with yourself basically to best yourself. Um, and they love to come out ahead in all that they do. Now I am going to put this on the record while this is, I mean, this is going to be public in some capacity. Maybe three people will listen to it, but it's still going to be public in our first year of friendship at university at 18 years old. 
you promised me that when, not if. Do you know what I'm going to say? Do you know what I'm going to say? I know what you're going to say. You said when you win your Oscar, you will thank your mother, your partner, and me in your speech. Do you recall? Yeah, I recall that too. And I'm still holding yeah. you to it. Oh yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know if I aspire to that anymore. I was just about um, to say, do you even want to? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I... Look, you get a... Some of my contracts have, like, if you win... If you get nominated, you get a bonus. And if yeah. you win, you get a bonus. Yeah. Um, Which is cute. But, <laughs> you know... um. I don't know those people. It's yeah. Hollywood. Like, Hollywood is so... I know. You know how it is. Like, yeah. Like, we read gossip. Award season's gossip. our favourite season. Like, Chris, my, you know, Chris, my bestie, he's like, who are you? Like, you're so different. You, this used to be the season that you cared about the most and, like, of all the land. I'm like, yeah, but what does it mean anymore when we've seen what's happened to Beyonce? Like, what does any of this... Yeah, I think that's a huge part of it, right? Beyonce's, um, Ava's, like, yeah. basically any deserving black woman, woman of colour who has been overlooked in the last few years, you're like, oh, like, this isn't even, like, you can be the top of your game. Yeah, like, how is Zendaya? to something that you can't even control. Yeah, and how is Zendaya the first black woman to win the Outstanding Lead Actress Emmy? She's the second after Viola. I was going to say, surely... She's the youngest. She's the youngest, but the she's youngest. the second after Viola. I was going to say, she's I'm like pretty sure Viola was not supporting. Like, no fuck away. But that's also like saying, like, the only other person to win was Meryl Streep. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, Viola won it for How to Get Away with Murder, which means it's recent. Yeah. Like, there wasn't something that before that that she should have won for. Like, and Hallie... Like, should have been the first and the youngest. Yeah, and Hallie is still, I think, the only black woman to win Best Actress Oscar, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is when we're talking about what it, why it's meaningless now. I think we can understand why. My point is, you will do something that will be the equivalent, if not better... And in that moment, I'm still holding to this pact because it will mean more to me than anyone else in your life. I will definitely hold you to the... I'll, I'll make sure I keep my promise. Yeah. Um, and look, I think what I do still love about award seasons, I love a good story, mm. right? Because that's mm. what people have to remember. It's about a story. Exactly. And the and campaign I behind do, it. Yeah, I do love a good story. And I think... Like, if I think back to that year Lupita Nyong'o was. Oh, my God. And what that felt like. And flawless. Every execution up until that point was just, that was the icing on the cake. It was flawless up and, like, the whole way through the award season. And that movie was horrible to watch. We watched it together. We did watch it together. And I just think... 12 Years a Slave. Like, but record. I love that as a moment, as a story. Um, and I just think award season is giving us that less and less. Because, like... Like, when they gave it to Green Book over Black Panther. <sighs> and I'm just like, man, that if you gave it to Black Panther, it would have been such a good end to the story. Yeah. Like... It would have been a beautiful, empowering end to the story. The billion dollars was empowering but now this would have been double and i'm glad that they got awarded for costume and um 
and the other behind-the-scenes roles that black women played, but it would have been great to just nod to that entire project. And to give it to a project that is, like, uplifting and positive and, you know, I don't have, I never even fucking watched Green Book, so I don't know what happened, but I did hear that it was bullshit, like, not based, like, it's not very true and based in fact. So it was kind of glossed over in Hollywood eyes. But Black Panther was just such a massive, huge fucking titan of a victory. Like, it would have just been, like, a powerhouse win. And that's what we haven't had. Yeah, it was a moment. It mm. was a moment. And now, with Chadwick gone, it's like, oh I don't... So sad. You know? Yeah. So, but yeah, so I don't know if I aspire to the Oscar anymore. I don't even know if I get up there if, like... I'll be able to speak, to be honest, but I'll make sure to thank you if that happens. Thanks. I appreciate it. But yeah, Hollywood is whack. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it is. Also, my other favourite thing about our friendship and one of the things that we talk about obsessively as part of the award season thing is the campaigning behind it. Like, you're probably one of the... Like, people don't realise... A lot of people don't realise because they look at me like I've got three heads when I start talking about the campaign of individuals in order to get their Oscar. Like... There are people hired throughout award season to make sure someone wins a certain award, right? Like, that's a thing. Add probably like, um, like depending on what you want to, how far you want to go, and how many like awards you want to win. Yeah, you could add between um, like two hundred thousand to a million to you the budget of your project. <laughs> you, I would consider it as as another marketing campaign. Yeah, it's insane. And there are literally, I saw one for Netflix that was like PR marketing manager for award season. I was like, what? How do I get that job? But it was like 20 years experience. And it's one of the reasons why I still hate Natalie Portman because I hated her Oscar campaign. And it's so hard to explain that to people how many years on. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason we didn't like Anne Hathaway's either. Yeah. Like, we didn't like the story. It didn't curl over. Yeah. And I think that like, it's not just like they buy billboards, they buy ads, um, in papers and on entertainment websites. They send screeners out. They have screenings. Um, like yeah. I remember the year that Julia Roberts had a screening for a film that Javier yeah. Bardem was in. I yeah. think Beautiful, maybe. And it is literally from that screening how he got a nomination. Yeah, exactly. And it's who you know and who campaigns for you and who people back. It is not a coincidence that Brad Pitt grabbed Jennifer Aniston's hand backstage before he won an Oscar. Fucking A. Like, that is one of the most campaigning campaigns. I would even say, like, Leo's campaign was <sighs> he deserves it, right? Yeah. How does he not have it? We all believed in that. But that's all thought out and messaged and worked. And, and, and I think when you go back to the root of that campaigning, I remember as a kid watching the Oscars yeah. and reading about this campaigning stuff. And you know who used to really be at the forefront of it? Harvey Weinstein. Harvey fucking... I was just about to say. And I used to think, well, if I want to do this, i got to get in with that guy. And that's probably what this a lot of people... Yeah. This is as a kid watching like... Um, speech after speech after when, speech. When Matt and Ben won for Goodwill Hunting. Oh, yeah. Writing. They won a screenwriting Oscar. And I think... And that's when I was like... Oh, it's Harvey. And that's when I started to read about the campaigns and all of that. And and now looking back on it, I'm like, well, if that was his game, I don't want to play that either. Obvi- yeah. Ugh. Right? It's gross. It's disgusting. And I also think that's why we did not see 
won awards show performance of spirit miss tina has basically said it right she said this album had no marketing no yeah. one got behind this at disney like when it came out yeah and she did she did an on-camera interview she wanted to take it the whole way right? yeah beyonce because came Adele on camera got, adele's got her skyfall she wants her thing yeah so no and they didn't that means they didn't pay for an awards campaign yeah. Because the movie was a flop. It's it's quite devastating what it's become and what I feel about award season compared to how I used to approach it. Yeah. Yep. And now that of COVID, there's not even real red carpets. It's like, well. I know. What's the point? Although fucking Zendaya looked so amazing. She looked amazing. She looked great. And so did Regina King in that oh. chaparelli, that blue puffy of scaparelli i don't know how to say it yeah whatever yeah. anyway i'll thank you if i win my um cursed oscar yeah brilliant um i'll just quickly wrap up your birth chart it also says your strengths lie in enterprising ways and i know that to be true but the way you work in fact the conversation we just had um it also says weirdly there are some like physical attributes they walk rather swiftly with their head leaning forward slightly and it's surprisingly distinctive walk that's a weird one. I know, really weird. And I do, I do notice, like, I've been doing Pilates a lot, and I notice I walk with my head down a lot. Okay, um, interesting. And I don't know why. Well, maybe it's because you're an I Aaron. don't know if I walk swiftly. I'm a, quite a slow walker. <laughs> um, but I have been told that I walk... Um, Tamika's grandmother, you know Gladys? Yeah. She used to say, I walk really heavy. Like, she hears my footsteps in the apartment. Like she can hear it. Oh fuck! I love that so apartment. She's saying I walk heavy. I, I mean, God, of course I know that woman. That was my favorite trip ever when I came to New York for the first time, and we stayed in that apartment. Yeah, that's, that's what fun. she used to say. So, okay, that's a weird one. It is a weird but one. Yeah, I definitely walk with my head down or forward. Or yeah. see, and it also says um, headaches, sinus, and eye problems are often usual physical complaints for this aspect. Would you say that about you? Oh my god, are you serious? I'm serious. Um, so yeah, sinus my whole life. Yeah. Um, and then just this year I have like I had I woke up and couldn't see. Oh my god. And I had like a total eyesight problem and I got like diagnosed with this thing, but, but yeah. That was how it manifested. Usually people have all these other symptoms for ages before and um I had none of that. But I had the eyesight thing. Weird. That is yeah. really weird. Um, yeah. And then, what's the last thing? Oh, yeah. Because they get typecast as independent, people don't run to help them out. They appear fine doing things on their own. So they've learned to be self-reliant. Um, but yes. despite that, they are also very willing to compromise in their relationships, such as Shorty's vegetarianism. <laughs> he eats some... Um fish now oh. um but he uh, i agree with that yes yeah in my work life i'm the leader i i feel like everything's on my shoulders and i think that's why i like the relationship that i'm in is that i am with someone who um takes care of me yeah i think it's yeah. good that you finally have that yes it's good it is good um so that's your birth chart how do you feel about who you are <laughs> do you think that was an accurate reading I 
do think it was an accurate reading. Um, and maybe when we get to Dorinda, I'll remind you about something that I did once um, that was very Dorinda okay. and very reminiscent of that chart. So I think, like, that's, that is definitely me. And I think if you think about Dorinda's storyline as well, that was her thing this year is, like, I feel like I help everyone and no one takes care of me. Yeah, she and made it. And that's why she loved Richard. Because, yeah, now she has to make it nice and no one's making it nice for her. Yeah, so, no, I do feel I feel good about who I am and I, I like that my friend did it for me. I think it was oh. nice to have someone that knows me a little bit also do the chart and go, yeah, this makes sense. Um, because I think with horoscopes sometimes when, like, the negative stuff comes up, <laughs> it's like you could feel like a bad person it's a complex person whereas if someone you love or someone that cares about you is doing it you're like yeah i know you're complex and i know you have these flaws but there's all this good stuff too so much good stuff the most good stuff you're one of my favorite humans you're, you're definitely gonna do that if you want to i know that about you i have like a feeling i've always known it since i've i've told you this day I met you I was like I need to be that girl's friend like I need to make it happen I will talk loudly about my fucking you know work what, what was I doing I think I was like interning at a record company like an independent one and I was like I'm going to talk really loudly about these cool bands that I work with because that bitch needs to pay attention to me and I knew it then and I know it now and I'm excited for it now well you're the last one standing you're my last uni friend fuck it same I still think about our English tutorial though it was perfect that was such a good class. It yeah. was like 9.30 in the morning. On a Friday. The only class that day on a Friday. And everyone used to come. Cause early. We used to turn up early yeah. to chat. <laughs> I think about Richard often. Yeah, Richard. Yeah. I don't remember anyone's names except yours. It was like, I remember Richard and Monica. Monica? Don't do this to me, Af. You're going to make me seem like I've already left the plebs behind. I don't remember anyone's name. <laughs> she used to smoke clove cigarettes and she had short hair. Oh, Monica. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. I feel bad because I actually knew her outside of you. Yeah, you did. Yep. Um, well, I'm glad that we had this chat. I'm excited to talk Real Housewives for you, with you, not for you. I want you to talk. Yes. I, I, I'd like to think I'm, I know a lot. Sometimes... I forget a lot, but I, I generally have a strong take on each season. Definitely. You do. And we... fave, fave lines and fave moments. Oh, shit, yeah. Um, and there's a lot going on right now. So we just had Beverly Hills wrap up. We've just had New York wrap up. And we've got Potomac going. So there's, yes. a lot to, there's a lot to cover. Let's quickly start with the garbage dumpster fire that is Beverly Hills. this diamond so much i mean they got rid of lvp they let kyle do whatever she wanted and they let teddy stay for three fucking seasons three seasons three seasons three seasons i just i'm so disappointed because this used to be my my favorite franchise yeah me too it was my favorite franchise and it had my favorite housewife in it lisa vanderpump yeah I'm not one of the crazy stands, but I did agree that I wasn't going to watch this season because I was so angry yep. about the Lucy Lucy apple juice thing. <laughs> not because I believe that she didn't 
leaked the article to Radar Online or she's not manipulative, but because she was grieving. Yeah. They did this to her when her brother had died. Yeah. I was like, whoa. And I understood why she was like, I'm walking away. Yeah, it was ruthless and it was strategic and it was a full-on takedown by Kyle. And she used Teddy to do it. And the others were just like fell in line because they all wanted her gone. And I just the moment that they picked for it, like you said, her brother had literally just died. It was disgusting and cold and calculated. And I know I said I wasn't going to watch the season when you said it, but I did watch it. And you just listened to recaps, but it was just awful to watch. It was the worst season. And when you think about it, like season one even of this series was so brilliant. Which, by the way, Maddie is currently watching. So we're going to talk about that next week. Um, they just watched the Alison Dubois episode and were texting me through it. Um, Dinner from Hell. Dinner from Hell. So we're talking about that next week. Um, but like every season was just magic and something wonderful happened. And then it just got like, like you said, it comes so far down. It was the one to look forward to each year. This is what I have to say. Okay. This is a franchise where one of the husbands took his own life. Oh, in between yeah. the season ending and the reunion. Russell. This has always been a dark, dark franchise, right? True, yeah. But for some reason, and I have to confess, I started watching the week where it was like the night after the dinner in Rome. So when Lisa Rinna is crying and Denise right. says I was hurt. This Carl's season, like, yeah. Where's Rinna? Where's Rinna? Where's Rinna? This is the thing. Carl's not good at this. Yeah. And so it's always been dark, but this season was, like, disgusting. It was disgusting. disgusting. And at least they cared about Taylor. Yes. Like, or pretended to care as they unfelt, like, the drama came out. Yeah. Now we said it, right? Yeah. Teddy's moment for Denise, this was not a nice we said it thing. This is, like... We're boring, so we're going to take you down. And also deflect from everything that's going on in our lives. So that we don't... just... And Andy? Andy can go fuck himself. I hated the way he conducted himself at the reunion. I don't know where he finds listeners or questions that are positive in regards to Kyle and Teddy and all that gang and Rina when everybody else on Twitter and the internet is like, we're, we all are here for Denise. Like, what the... F- Denise and Garcelle, like what is happening he like even when he lied because he said that denise said that her and grandy her and brandy were really good friends at the bravo con whatever and she's like in the clip she's like we're friendly or something or we know like he lied he lied a year of texts i don't know why anyone none of these people right these are all fake ass bitches as carl says (laughs) beverly hills ass people i bet you could find longer message chains in Lisa Rinna's text oh. with people that she would say she's just friendly with and has only met three times. And any like, of the screenshots was very like, honey, good, like, look forward to seeing you, blah, blah, Very acquaintancy. There's nothing that was that salacious or that clearly evident that showed a relationship or they would have fucking showed it. Can I point out one thing about Brandy that I think is really important? That she's a liar? The liar thing. Yeah. But go back to Aileen's first season. Because this is my... Fa- that's my favourite season of Beverly Hills. That's yeah. throwing me to the walls and I would turn 
leading the pack. pack. <laughs> Love it. Iconic, right? Iconic. That's my favorite season. And when Brandy meets Eileen, she goes to dinner with her and Rinna. And remember she throws wine in Eileen's face? Yes, randomly, out of nowhere. Because she wants to have her soap opera moment. Yeah. And you know what Eileen says? Eileen says, oh, Brandy gives me this, like, stalker fan vibe. Yep. I don't know what it is, but she gives me a stalker fan vibe. Yep. And, and she that's had the... the vibe I got from the text messages. For Denise Ridges, yeah. Yeah. hundred million billion percent. I remember that as well. She was yeah. weird. Brandy was weird with Eileen. Yep, she's weird. And she has... She's weird. She is weird. Brandy is weird. Her relationships with women are weird. Remember what she said to Lisa Vanderpump when she was apologizing in the garden <gasps> at Sir by the yeah. old tree? Do you want me to eat what your do you pussy? Do you eat your box? Yeah. <laughs> and then also she slapped her on the face. Like, just everything she does is very odd and strange. And she will throw something out there to make sure it sticks. Like Yeah, and and that's this is the thing. This is where Carl messed up. Yeah. Right? Brandy doesn't this lie. Totally, that you bought in Brandy to do this. Yeah, that's where you fucked up. Big Brandy time. Brandy and Teddy. Brandy and Teddy. Oh, Teddy's the worst. She's like simultaneously the most boring person I've ever encountered, and also like like a tranquilizer gun to the neck, and also enraging at the same time. People like Kyle, and I am so shocked. I still can't believe it. I still can't. Because I've. I- since that season ever because at the reunion lisa Van, she says andy says something like oh what can carl say or what do you need from carl to move on yeah and lisa says i don't need anything from her yeah and the first episode of the season they have lunch and carl says that really hurt me when you said i don't need anything from you and i just thought god this woman yeah I didn't like her in season. This woman, the woman said, "I don't need you to do anything for us to move forward." Yeah, and you took that as an insult. Literally, it was shade. It was shade. Yeah, that's what you harped on. But everything Lisa did was never enough. She was never, and Lisa said as well. She's like, no matter what I try to do as part of this friendship, none of it is enough of a perform or enough for Kyle. Like she wants performative friendship, but it's still never. You need to do it the right way for her. You don't apologize good enough. You don't stick up for her good enough. It's not like you don't do these things. She was just accusing Lisa of not doing them good enough. And again, to go back to the Lucy, Lucy, Avril, Juicy, and <laughs> I know, because I think it's all part of the same problem, right? Yeah. This is where you start to find the downfall of this f- little squad, right? Mm-hmm. If you go back to the dog season, yeah, the person at the start of the season who was most upset that the dog drama wasn't coming out was Kyle. Yeah. And they're at Vanderpump Dogs and Lisa says, I don't want to talk about it because mm-hmm. Teddy's there to bring it up on camera and Lisa goes, we're not talking about it with that other guy that works at the dog place. <laughs> and Kyle, they're on the stairs and Kyle is crying yeah. because she says, I don't know why you won't go after Doreen. I'm upset that you're not mad at Doreen. Yeah, that's right. And isn't... Like- Kyle kept saying, bring what up? What do you mean bring up? What are we talking about? What happened with the dog? Like, say it, Lisa, say it. Mm. But then later in that scene, she says, I'm upset that you're not more angry at Doreen. Because you're angry at me because I didn't come to the Tom Tom opening. Yes. Why aren't you mad at Doreen about the dog? That's what she's, she's crying. And I think the parts of the season where Kyle crying, because it happened at the beginning of this season too. She was crying at the dinner and Denise is like, what's wrong with you? She said, you're all fake bitches or whatever. <laughs> and then everything turned. Yeah. 
gosh. And I think with this season, you have to remember they were shooting and got told it was boring, right? So they, they shot for so much longer. And then the other thing with the reunion, they said it was 14 hours of filming. How? That reunion edit was a mess because so much didn't get brought up. Teddy just got to be a dog face the whole time. <laughs> Kyle was coming for Garcelle. They all started coming for Garcelle. Yeah. It's like, what? I can't believe she's coming back, Garcelle. I'm glad she is. Not that I feel like I'm going to watch it, but like, why? I really wanted her and Denise to come back together. Me too. I wanted Denise to come back, but she's not. So, like, Garcelle has to go into this with them. But at least Teddy's not coming back. I mean, honestly, I'm just so thrilled. Oh, my God. So, how did this happen? Like, how did that happen? That that reunion ended and then all that diet stuff came out. That was... And it just went for a week. Like, yeah. it has just... It, it, it non-stop. Yeah. Like, I think the girl they exposed is a little bit crazy. Emily um, Gellis or something. I don't know who she yeah. is, but apparently... And then... But, go. <sighs> But as soon as Kyle insulted her in the DMs, yeah. this girl was like, I'm not letting this go. Yeah. And it, good for her. She was like, the DMs are very disturbing. And what Teddy's fucking work, play, whatever the hell it is, like boot camp. All in. All, all in. in. All in. It sounds disturbing as fuck. No one should live on 500 calories a day. It is definitely she her own eating disorder or her own eat food issues or whatever coming into play like this is not healthy she's not a dietitian she's taking people's money for this it is really fucking disturbing so that all came out on a, this girl's instagram stories for people that don't know and she was sharing screenshots of people that have taken part or whatever plus you have to sign an nda to do it why do you have to sign an nda for this that doesn't like for a diet program um and then yeah and then kyle slid into her dms and was like no matter what you do you'll never be a housewife and this girl screenshot that and shit as well and was like, this is what all she thinks anyone cares about. Like, who fucking cares? Can you believe, like, I was just like, I was laughing so hard. Obviously, it's disgusting because it's promoting disordered eating. Yeah. And it's totally born from her own issues. And she's charging people for it. And then her husband's oh. security company, like, where they robbed Carl's, like, they did the security at Carl's house, then it got robbed. They did. They owned Pop Smoke's house, and so he got killed in a robbery. Like, yeah. All the online reviews for that company say it's a scam, and it's just like for her to be exposed like that. I was laughing so hard. It was beautiful. Obviously, these women are totally traumatized by her, but I was just like, you know. Not even Aaron, like crazy Aaron with his frequencies and his <laughs> clinic and all of that has clients complaining like this. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And I just, and she, everyone's saying, oh, at least she was honest about being fired and she didn't try to like spin it. What? Like, How could she have like, spun no. it? She couldn't have spun it. No. And and it's a, it's a trick. It's a trick. Yeah. Because if she said she parted ways, everyone would have said it was the diet. Yeah. Right? And everyone would have said it, but how come we're not getting a season of you being exposed? You're running like Denise runs. Exactly. So she had to say she got pushed out the door. But she got pushed out the door because she's doing borderline illegal stuff and definitely unethical stuff. Definitely unethical. For sure unethical. 
and now Kyle, Kyle's lost her little, like, lackey to do her dirty work for her, but who has zero enough personality for it to stick to her. Like, I don't she know. She has a personality, we just don't like it. <laughs> yeah, she has, like, an annoying, <laughs> self-righteous kind of bullshit personality. I could not be friends with that. Oh, fuck no, my God. I could not be friends with that. And I didn't like when she also came for Garcelle about bringing up... Um, the Lisa Ren's <gasps> daughter's eating disorder. Yeah. Which looks even more disgusting now because yeah. of the way she runs her business. But there was a deleted scene where um, actually in Rome... You see the context. Is, yeah, you see the context where Garcelle's talking about her own son yeah. and how he had um, issues with drug addiction and, and yeah. she at times felt like it was her fault. And, and she, she questioned herself as a parent. Do you ever feel like that? Not that saying that's the case, but do you ever deal with feelings like that? Because I did. And for Teddy to say, you brought that up during a light conversation. Yeah. Disgusting. She, oh God, I fucking hate her. I'm so glad she's gone. And then for Rina to just double down on that, like Rina's also disgusting. Oh my God. Um, I don't even know where to begin. I don't think I have the time to talk about how much I loathe this woman, I, I think she's the most cold, empty, robotic bitch like that has ever graced the housewives, and I don't understand why Andy is so obsessed with her. The baby shower. Oh my god, the baby shower. The baby shower. The baby shower. That was when I knew L- LVP was done. Yeah. It was the baby shower, and I find it really sad because I think Rena. I think in this season, while everyone was so shocked was because Rina did this to someone who she's known for 20 years mm. when really she's done this to someone every season yeah Munchausen's Kim's near death like yep. she's did someone do coke in your bathroom like she always does this but now she's we've seen her do it to someone that was a friend we're like oh that's too much but I'm like no Lisa Rinna's been awful awful like awful 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 and I hate Erica. Like, while we're at it, I'm just going to talk about everyone I hate. I can't stand Erica. I can't believe how much I liked her in the first season. She is the most boring, like, uptight, not even cold. She's just a dud, and I think she thinks she's so much more interesting than she is, and she has double standards, and she picks weird hills to die on. Like, just very odd to me. Like, the thing with Aaron and trying to be like, you attacked us, or you can't. Like, he didn't do that at all. Like... I just don't understand how someone could have fallen from my graces so far. I can't stand her. Look, I think you have a really, really bad cast when it seems like Aaron is making sense while also being (laughs) condescending. And also... when he said, look in the mirror. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, look in the mirror, you bitches. Look at <laughs> the fucking mirror, and she's such a hypocrite. You're, you're done. Like, for to, to like a husband more than anyone on the cast. <laughs> like, that is not Real Housewives anymore. No, that's a definite first for anything. And like when she got um, the disgusting comment she made about Denise's fourteen-year-old daughter potentially already doing threesomes. Meanwhile, someone Eileen mentioned her grown-ass son, who's a cop, like in Hong Kong, and she fucking lost her shit. At Eileen. Yeah. Heinous. And I think I, I, it's very performative. Yeah. Right? Her whole 
persona or real housewives shtick is really performative it's based on her performance persona yeah um it's based on fashion and glam and queer slang yes and i don't know anything else really about her i I think she started the season strong um i really thought she was going to back denise yeah me too i was surprised i really thought she was going to back denise it took a turn because she seemed again sort of similar to brandy's like stalker fanny Mm -hmm. with denise and she's the most famous yeah i thought so too but so but, I'm like, what's she getting from Kyle and them? What? What's Rina giving her? Because everything's an exchange, right? Yeah. But, yeah, the whole, it's just a bad cast. It's a really bad cast. I want them to keep. Garcelle, Dorit, and Sutton, probably. Yeah, I agree. That's why I'm frustrated with Denise leaving, because I think you need more than two seasons to actually grow into a housewife yeah and now we have to start all over again i'm like well you may as well just get rid of everyone yeah and then we just start all over again with the ones we know the least yep agree and newbies i think it's time i do too um, i really do and no chris jenner no kathy hilton <laughs> nothing that's going to keep kyle on this show and bring faye resnick back in yeah let another if we're letting ogs go let kyle go let kyle go um that will never happen. But I really want Kyle gone. I really want Rina gone. I'm done with Erica. I'm glad Teddy's gone. Like, start fresh, please. This fran- this is the worst of the franchises, I reckon. Mm, definitely. Um, but then we have New York. And we have our beloved Dorinda leaving. I love Dorinda. And I'll always love Dorinda. I know she had a messy season. But, and I know we've talked about this a lot. You and me just in real life. But... Her episodes with Car- with Carol in London will always and forever remain some of my favourite housewife moments of all time. And I just I can't agree. I can't let that go. I'm really sad. I hope I'm I hope she gets the respite and the break from this that she needs because Andy said, I think, or someone said, like she felt like she couldn't take the season off or whatever. But so I hope that's what this is for her. But fuck I'm gonna miss her. They need to at least bring her back for the berserk cheers. Oh, uh, yeah. Because no other franchise has, like, an iconic yearly event like that. <laughs> like, it's like what Carl tried to do with the white party. Yeah. <laughs> and you are going to say um, that. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I love Dorinda. I, I know people said she was mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't. Oh, I'm gonna miss her, bad, right? It's it's bad because I don't want to be like a stan or anything. Yeah, but I've always felt like Dorinda has um Dorinda's place as a widow has been really misunderstood, um, and I wish she had the clarity to really explain that for herself. Um, but I see a lot of like the grief in her about Richie and my own mom about losing her partner. Yeah, right. And that in some ways, like, four years on is even harder than the first year. And so I see that in Dorinda so much. Yeah, it'll um, be very complex. I also see that, you know, we talked about it in the star sign thing, that quick temper. 
Mm. Um, and this is one thing, like... But without the, like, aggressive intent, right? She's never malicious. I, well... Yeah. You know, I guess it comes she, off that she, way. But you know what I mean. She And she she's immediately... She's, she's brilliant in her... Like, she has a just wicked tongue. Like, she's... Yes. When she goes for a blow, it's so low that you're like, oh, she went there. <laughs> yeah. Like, ooh. ooh. But then I feel like she feels remorse quite quickly as well. Like, she'll backtrack. Yeah, and a lot of people don't understand that because it seems like it comes from such a real place. Yeah. Um, I think Bethany said that to her once. I'm like, oh, this is what you always think of me. And it's like, no, it's just the worst thing I can say to you right now. Exactly. Um, yeah, and, and I think I would remind you, like, going back to that New York trip, and we don't, can we just not go into specifics, yeah. but that New York trip and that night that we went out and had hookah, <laughs> do you remember what I did? Wait, I just want to be really clear that you said that we had hookah, not a hookah. No, like a geely, like yeah. a hookah, yeah. Yeah. But do you remember what happened that night and, like, <laughs> how I acted and behaved? <laughs> I mean, I do. I can't believe you're... Ref- it took me a second to realize what you were saying. I remember it very clearly. I'm surprised. That's Dorinda. And that's why I don't yeah. drink. Yeah. Oh, my and God. my mom doesn't drink. Like, we don't drink. Dorinda <laughs> shouldn't drink. <laughs> that was one of the funniest nights of my life, in hindsight. At the time, I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? But, yeah, you're right. You shouldn't You shouldn't drink that much. And no. it was our first night out. Fuck, that was intense. It was so intense, right? And that's Dorinda. She stabs her own hand at dinner when she's drunk and then starts yelling at someone about something. It's like she's a mess when she drinks. Yeah. And not all night. You can be fun, fun, fun. And then you just have one drink too many and it's just like a switch flick, like flicks and you're just a demon. And that's what happened because I was like, where's Hannah? Oh, my God. <laughs> It was such a good night. I will say, though, the next day you felt so, so remorseful and you were like, hey, if you want, we can go to Chelsea Market anytime you want, even though it's a Saturday. And so I knew you felt really bad. I was so hungover to sitting at Chelsea Market, but I felt so terrible. But yeah, so I I have a real soft spot for Dorinda. Yeah, me too. And I always will. And I hope she comes back. I know. Yeah, I know a lot of people found it too much and really mean and toxic and but I also want to raise one point say it I know you know I love a theory I I always had that big theory about Carol and Bethany okay can we just quickly touch on that I used to have a a blog called Afroisms that disappeared into the internet but my theory when I used to do the recaps and your theory really you brought it to me and I was like oh my god that's what can I say it yeah go for it we thought that Bethany and Carol were lovers and that's why there was such a sudden an unexplained break in their relationship. It was like very intense, going on holidays, sharing beds together, this and that. And then all of a sudden just they weren't they wouldn't really talk about a pinpoint thing that happened, but they weren't friends anymore. And I remember breaking up with my my ex girlfriend. She exhibited very crazy behaviours like Bethany did, like quite obsessive, always wanting to talk about it but not you know what I mean? Like I could see the patterns of behaviour where I was like, Oh I, I think you're right. I think that is what happened. A lot of people in my who read my blog didn't believe me. They were like, oh, you're reading too much into it. But, you know, a lot of straight people don't understand how gay, like, the people around them can be. Um, and I then... I think with Carol, what it was, was that Carol was with both Adam and Bethany. Yeah. 
and she dumped both of them at the same time. Yeah. But then she was still having quote unquote coffee yes. with Adam. Yeah. And that's what drove Bethany. That because Bethany stuff was about Adam, man. Yeah, because she brought him up all the time with like the job thing and like the charity thing and all the whatever different things. But I remember once I posted it where I included my conspiracy theory, and Carol liked the fucking post, and so did two of her friends. And I was like, oh. There you go. Like, I really just, I've, I've been there. I have been there, right? Where you tell people, I don't want a relationship with anyone right now. Yeah. And then when you go on to live your life, it's like, but I thought you said you didn't want a relationship. It's like, yeah, well, I'm just out to dinner with my friends. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. like, you know, like, but that was my theory then. And so I think this season. Yeah. Because I think part of it, like on camera, remember what it was, was that, um, Bethany said that Tinsley and Carol, like, being friends is what changed everything. Mm-hmm. And that they weren't really friends, but it just changed Carol, her summer with Tinsley. Yeah. And so I think Bethany harbors some ill will towards Tinsley, coming on the show as this kind of, like, mm. socialite, mugshot, whatever. No eyebrows. Everyone kind of treating her with kid gloves. And Dorinda and Bethany are close. Yeah. And I definitely think Dorinda's been talking. Like, she has some real issues with Tinsley. I'm sorry. If my if your boyfriend lent my boyfriend money and I didn't know and I found out on camera at a girl's trip. Yeah. And what did, who did we see Dorinda yelling at then? John. John, yeah. She was yelling at, at John. Like, obviously, the producers thought Tinsley said... The producers were scared for her safety, but like, yeah, girl, you should be. What are you and your boyfriend doing? Yeah, what was that about? And the other thing about it is Dorinda kind of last season when she was coming for Tinsley, it was a lot about how Scott didn't want her to be on the show. Yeah. And I think you have to remember, like, Scott doesn't want her to be on the show, but Scott's company used them to advertise. Yeah, and he wants to, like, isolate her in Chicago without her friends and show, like, a widow. Yeah, but also, like, well, we're not good enough for your girlfriend yeah. to hang around, but you can use us for your commercials. And, and he paid them in the holidays. Oh. He paid... Carol said this. Carol talked about this recently. So I don't think... Do I think Dorinda should talk to Tinsley like she did? No. Yeah. But I don't even believe Bruce was real. The name doesn't even sound real. I reckon Bruce was Scott. <gasps> Oh my god. Yeah, this doesn't even sound like a real name. No, it doesn't. Bruce in Chicago. What? Yeah, what the hell is going on? There's something else. I think... I think Tinsley's getting away with a lot. And I think they probably released her from her contract um, because she said she would have exposed that Dorinda was, like, going to kill her. Like, you said Dorinda was unsafe to be around Dorinda in Miami. So you either release me or I charge her or something or sue Yeah, her. right. And so they released her and Dorinda's mad because she essentially used Dorinda being mean to leave. Ew. And really she wanted to leave to be with Scott. So, yeah. you know, I think I'm always going to question, I guess, someone that was born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Um, and no and I like Dorinda and Dorinda's like I'm sorry would you be cool if no. Shorty called you up 
or like you, you know, it's just not cool to lend a boyfriend money and not tell the girlfriend. It's just not, it's not on. It's not on. It's disgusting. And, and Dorinda and Tinsley actually said, the minute you found out Scott gave John money, you turned on me. And I'm like, yeah, but that's good enough reason to. Yeah. I'm be cool with that. Now, should she have probably threatened to kill you? No. no. Should she have said the turkey-based thing? Probably not. No. But she doesn't like you. Yeah. Ugh. It's, a, it's messy. I also don't like Ramona, and I think <gasps> Demon. like Ramona because Ramona's a Trump person. Ramona is a fully Trump person. If there was ever any question about it before, it's absolutely confirmed. Remember the season where Carol, was it someone, made everyone like like raise your hands for who you voted for and all the people that didn't raise their hands were clearly the ones that voted for Trump and it was Ramona it was Ramona, Sonia and Luann yeah that's right yeah um, so you know I, I guess that's my take on New York is that actually I think Dorinda has some really justified reasons yeah I just don't think she should drink and um I love her I love Dorinda me too me too and I think she was the best confessional this season yeah and often she's so good she's like this she's so good there are so many things that are funny because of dorinda like clip i made it nice giovanni like she's given us so much <laughs> like she's an inspiration to them all she's inspired luann's music like <laughs> it's, it's it's they all want to kind of market the things she says to them like yeah the whole tunnel thing the all of it <laughs> it's like Dorinda's great I love when she was um making fun of Luann seeing happy birthday this is not a Dorinda tribute no it's like I do love her and I'm sad she's gone yeah me too um, and I don't really have anything else to say about New York this season, really. No, other than Ramona's disgusting. Um, Ramona's... Did you like Leah? Yeah, I did really like Leah. Yeah. I thought she was refreshing. And I also loved, I think we talked about this um, on the weekend, Luann's little moment of, like, police reform. <laughs> <laughs> did not see that coming. I didn't see it coming either, but... Um... <laughs> Again, my partner showed he said, I want to show you something that's housewives related. I don't get it, but I think you will. <laughs> and it was a tweet about how I can't wait. It was from Ira Madison the third. Yeah. Something about I can't wait till Luann's reading Angela Davis on next season's <laughs> New York. And I thought, oh God, what is she saying? The freaking reunion. And then when she said it, I was like, yes, Luann, read those talking points. Like, same with Erica, like, at least. I don't know how much I believe their answer, yeah. but at least someone wrote something good down for them to say. Yeah, and they said it. And they said it. Yeah, it's I agree. Important. It is important, but more to, important... Like, fumble through that crap. <laughs> more important than that, though, is fucking Real Housewives of Potomac. Oh, <gasps> my God. Oh, my God. So I just caught up today on the last two episodes, and all I can say is that... Ashley Stone Cold Calm is terrifying and so weird to me. Like finding out about her husband's potential cheating and just sitting there like, yeah, I know. I don't even know where to start with Ashley, man, and that and that guy. That guy. It's worse that he's Australian, right? Oh, so much worse. And he's got those creepy red eyes all the time. Who is sleeping with Michael Darby? I don't know, but 
He's awful. He is. He's awful and disgusting. But also I laughed so much when Robin sent the text to Ashley instead of to somebody else. And then she covered it so well. That was brilliant. It was a very good turn. Like, I just wanted to check in. Like, very good pivot. Very good pivot. No, I think that's... I'm interested to see where this storyline goes. Same. I'm interested to see where every storyline... I am interested to see where every storyline goes. I want to see what's happening with Giselle and her ex-husband, cheater, new boyfriend, same person. Her disgusting home decor and her style has just taken a plummet that I didn't know was possible. Um, And I want to see what happens with Monique and Candace and Wendy and Sharice and Karen's fucking relationship. Like, what's going on? (laughs) Okay, so I do want to say, like, um, I think Potomac is the one where I least read the stuff around it. Potomac and Atlanta. Like, I think they're so entertaining in New York that you can just watch them. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas Beverly Hills is so much about what's happening on social media and same with OC and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> but, um, so I don't, I, I, I knew that she, uh, Candace and Monique had had a physical altercation. Yeah. And I just assumed it was Candace's fault. Same. Right. <laughs> I totally assumed it was Candace's fault. And I don't dislike Candace. I actually... Every time they show her tweets to Ashley, I love. Like, concubine allowance is so funny to me. I know it's a horrible thing to say, but concubine allowance and calling her a bedwench, I don't know why that made me laugh so much. I hated Candace at the beginning, but I can't hate her as much this season. Nah, and so I assumed it was Candace's fault because she's mouthy. Yeah. Um, and the knife incident. Monique is not a nice person. No, and it makes me really sad because I, I did really go hard for Monique. Yeah, I think her kids are gorgeous. Yes. Um, um, I've al- always been a little bit sus on her since she bought... Maybe she bought Giselle's boyfriend's ex-wife on a walk or something Ooh. to talk about how he saw prostitutes in the park. Yes. Sorry, sex workers in the park. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's messy, but it's Giselle. Like, she's the messiest. Okay. <laughs> I can live with that. But then what really started to make me turn was what happened outside the restaurant. You know the bit? Where it was, like, off camera and Candace and her were talking very differently. Yeah. Yeah. That's what got me. I was, like, that dinner with Ashley and Candace called and said, are you sure it's okay for me to come? And then she went there and it was a pile on. Yeah. Um, And then, and that's fine, it was a pile on. But then to leave the restaurant and say, I had to do it, we'll talk about the rest off camera. Yeah. And what she means is I had to do it. I had to side with Giselle. Yep. Because Giselle hates Monique and has hated Monique since the start. It makes no sense None. that they are were working together to do this. And do you think it's just because think Monique that. potentially had like an affair with the, her trainer? Like, like, is she deflecting? I don't get it. Ugh, what are you trying to do here? And And this is, again, where I'm like, as I watch it, I'm like, oh, this is not even the real story. So Monique had this friend, this really close friend called Gigi, who started these awful rumours about the baby, 
the new baby not being Chris's. Um, there was even a rumor that her miscarriage wasn't a miscarriage, it was an abortion. Yikes. Friend. They're no longer friends. And the friend was emailing production with these rumors. And production was like, this is disgusting. We're not doing this. And oh that's when she said to Candace, will you sign something saying that Gigi's saying these rumors? And Candace did do that. And Charisse was involved in that too. The friend tried reached out to Charisse and Candace to spread the to tell them oh my God. these these thick secrets or whatever. But Candace still supported her. So it's not really about those rumors because they don't even relate to Candace at all. Okay, and I have to shout out two people. There's this guy <laughs> called sorry, there's this person called Obi Batch and Bravo. Yeah. That's the handle, a B A C H, like Bachelor. Mm-hmm. And there's a podcast called What Else Is Going On with Taria. And Obi was a guest on Taria's podcast, and they talk about this a little bit. Um, so there was, and then there was, so after Andy's baby shower, they all had dinner without Monique, and Giselle was like, we need to take Monique down. Let's say. Chris's babe, the new baby isn't Chris's. And Candace said, no one's going to believe that. They look exactly the same. So the, the mission this year was to take down Monique. And so my guess is Monique was trying, thought, I'll align myself with Giselle and I won't get taken down. Right. And then at the sip and see, you hear them, they decide, okay, let's all ice out Candace so she learns. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But then Ashley and Candace made up. She did the apology outside the group. And Ashley had these cheating things, so Ashley kind of just gave up the whole scheme. And now Monique's mad that they're not icing Candace out. And then she fell into the trap of getting angry at Candace, and now Giselle's using that to ice her out. Fucking hell. So she got played. <laughs> big time. Big time. Like, she got big time played and she physically assaulted someone in the process yeah was she yelling i only saw the preview obviously for the next episode but she's like drag me monique was she saying saying that about herself because i was dying yeah she was it was a reference to the last season yeah she's like drag me monique come on drag me then but it's um regardless of who touched who first or whatever monique is not coming to the fight clearly stating what she's angry about yeah and that's candace is like i don't know why she's mad at me that's what candace keeps saying <laughs> i don't know why she's mad at me all season yeah true it's very it's like you know you know why i'm mad and, and she's like no <laughs> the reason she's like i don't know why is because it was just a plot of giselle's yeah right oh fuck Sorry, that was really complicated, but... It was, but I, I'm literally I've, I've, sitting I've, I've, here. I've actually become Team Candace. I'm not Team Candace, but Monique is in the room. Yeah, I agree. And that was a, a tough... It took me a few episodes for me to finally swallow that pill. Like, I was like, oh, shit. I'm back in the wrong horse here, so... And I think the most telling thing is the only person to say the rumours on camera are Giselle. Yeah. So I was... why was it? She reaching over that table for Giselle. Exactly. Exactly. Because that would have been a compelling storyline. Yeah, I would have been, like, ready for that one. Because Giselle said it numerous times. 
There's a lot about how much Monique is trying to activate her stance to spread her point of view. So I would suggest to people go check out Obi Batch and Bravo because they have some really good intel and insights into why. And I, I really do think it comes down to Monique is rad, they didn't ice Candace out like they all said they would. Yeah. And instead, not only did she apologise to Ashley, but then she handled the cheating thing well. Yeah. Fuck. So there still wasn't another reason for the group to come at her. Yeah. She did do it very well. Candace. And that's when Monique really turned. Oh, I can't bloody wait until the next episode. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Great season. Like, it's a great season. Great season. that it's, they're going to physically fight, but it gives me Jersey energy, which is like, yeah. you know, people's favourite franchises. It gives me Atlanta energy. I feel like Potomac is really earning its place in the the platter of franchises. Yeah, and I'm loving every moment. Um, we've talked a lot about Housewives today and astrology and I've loved every second of it. Thank you so much. I hope I didn't talk too much, but Hell I don't talk no. about this to anyone else. I know. I've been waiting for this. Like, just outside of recording it, I've just wanted to have this conversation with you for, like, this year because we've had three seasons of Housewives going on and I just felt like I needed a moment with you. So I'm really glad we can had I it. Ask, can we end? Can I ask you a question? You can ask me whatever you want. So back when you were recapping yeah. um, on the blog, uh-huh. one of the last seasons you did was Real Housewives of OC. Oh, shit. And you were <laughs> championing Kelly Dodd. I so know. how do you feel <laughs> going into this new season of OC? Oh, my God. I feel like you're bringing up my dirty secret. Yeah, I feel, I feel devastated. I hate her. She's... Again, another one where I was so high in my estimation has plummeted beneath the depths of hell. I think she's a Trump supporter. She's a COVID denier. She's literally everything that I hate in a human being. Um, And I'm really sad about it. And so the only person I'm going into OC even remotely willing to see, not even happy to see, but is Bronwyn. She's like, she's it. As like a... uh... Uh, housewives viewer with the conscience mm. what do we want to see out of our housewives How, like oh. garbage people with good politics yeah is that what we want yeah I mean Dorinda messy and entertaining but with good politics <laughs> <laughs> was she's I still don't know enough about Portia to make that... I believe... Yeah, actually, no. Portia was at all the Black Lives Matter protests and everything and was very vocal, wasn't she? Yeah. And she had a season off because she snatched up Kenya Moore. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm. Haven't gotten to that yet. Nah. Oh, God. I know. I'm getting there. I still can't believe Beyonce referenced Kenya. <laughs> that blew my fucking mind. I was like, Did what? See, um... The Solange posted like a tribute to Nene leaving. No, (laughs) I have to see that. Also, have you been tracking who Rihanna is commenting on? Like when she was like, I wish I was there, like in the Berkshires with fucking Dorinda. And then she liked 
I think Leah's post the other day. I'm like carefully tracking which housewives she cares for. She follows Erica, which is annoying, but it's very interesting. Because Erica is a savage Fenty ambassador. Right. Fair, fine. That's, That's acceptable. Fine. Okay. But um, yeah, cool. I'm really excited. I'm going to listen to you talk about OC this season. Oh my God. I'm probably going to have you back to talk about it. Yeah, I'm low-key fascinated by the COVID aspect of it, but yeah. I don't think you could, like, you pick the garbage people of all the franchises to represent the most garbage time in the world, so it could be iconic. <laughs> I think so many of these COVID-affected seasons are proving to have some really amazing moments. I think the Real Housewives of Atlanta Zoom reunion yeah. was so good. I heard that. It was so good. Um, and I think should just go into the history books as something great. Um, and I think the the um, New York social distance reunion was also yes good. But I don't know if I want to see. I low key want to see Shannon Bedore live through COVID though. <laughs> live, like survive it, or live, do you want to see her experiences of it? Experiences crazy. <laughs> so fucking crazy. She's crazy. This is didn't she have like crystals in her floor or some shit and no yeah. wi-fi in her house <laughs> i have crystals next to me but not in my floor i'm not that rich yeah so i'm ex- uh, i low-key want to see that but i don't want to see kelly Dawn. yeah oc has been really boring for a long time so i'll probably watch just because it's going to be the only well one of the only franchises on but fuck kelly Dawn. yeah i take it all back yeah yeah. No, you don't have to take it back. I think we should all like talk about why we like them and why we don't. Because I think then we, I think from my experience of Beverly Hills, because this season I decided to listen to recaps and yeah. not watch it. Yeah. I realized that's a really great way to process the garbageness because you have real people going like, ugh, ugh, <laughs> but then also laughing. Um, <laughs> And so you can balance it out. And, and I think it's important that there's, like, voices interpreting what goes on. Yeah, true. Housewives, especially people who used to like someone and are, like, now they can say to why they don't. I think it's really important. And, like, in I, my defence. I don't like Lisa Vanderpump anymore. Yeah, same. Obviously, Vanderpump Rules is fucking garbage fire. But um, with Kelly, like, it was not it was slim pickings, right? And it was Tamara and Vicky who were the worst humans on the world in the world. So for them to be coming for someone immediately, my defense mechanism kicks in and go, well, I like that person. Um, so I was, I think that season Bronwyn and Kelly were the ones that I was like, I wish they'd bring Megan back. Actually. She can call everyone shit out. Oh my God. I really wanted them to put Megan King Edmonds on Beverly Hills. Oh yeah. That'd be good. She'd be like, Oh Kyle, you want to be honest and open this season? this season because she would have been the only one that got to the truth of what was going on yeah she'll be like kyle open and honest this you bitch yeah detective megan king Edmonds. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so keep recapping and and keep doing your thing and and say hi to maddie for me please i will maybe we could do like one where we're all on at the same time (laughs) yeah well i'm always happy to um come visit if if you need a voice. Love it. Also, Maddie. Watch. Am I am engaged. I appreciate you so much. Maddie was also really sad that there was no Beyonce party this year. Um, I haven't had one since you left the country. 
that's so sad. I mean, I'm glad you haven't because I would have been a little bit devastated. Um, but your annual Beyonce blessing parties were the highlight of my year. It felt right to stop after four. Yeah, um, definitely. And it didn't feel right to have one that you couldn't attend. So I appreciate I that. I had one. And, and I think the Queen's own celebration of her birthday um, is reflecting that too. It so is. I'm going to wait till she turns 40. Yeah, that'll be a big year. I'll come home for it. Please do. Please do. I'll throw a big one. Amazing. Thank you so much, Hannah. Have a great day. Okay, so that was a slightly long episode, but Hannah and I had a lot to catch up on um, across three franchises of Real Housewives, so you can't really blame us. Um, and next week, Maddie will be back sharing their experiences of watching season one of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills back when it was like the best franchise and not when it went to shit, basically. Um, so I hope you enjoy. Please come back for episode three. And if you've, you know, been listening, I can't believe I'm saying this. I make fun of people that say this all the time. But if you could head to Apple Podcasts, that's your podcast app, not your iTunes app, um, and search for Aphorisms and give us a little little five-star rating or whatever and some, some nice comments, that would be so lovely. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at Aphorisms or on Facebook at Aphorisms. And you can also submit any questions you may have, whether it's, astrology related you have a real housewife comment or any reality tv comment or pop culture thing um or like a dating horoscopy thing where you want some info on someone that you're interested in or whatever um please let us know we would love to answer your questions so thank you very much for coming back for another week and we will hopefully be back next week